0: Alright guys, uh, this will be the shortest session, but perhaps the most important. But before we get into thinking about the family of God, I want to hear from somebody else here that will, I think, be encouraging to you all. Uh, this is Jacob Covell. If you haven't met him, Jacob has been a long-time member, but has been away at PT school in Missouri for a couple of years. But he's back at least for this semester, and then hopefully long-term after that. But uh, I'm going to ask Jacob perhaps in a little bit different order, but I'm gonna ask Jacob the same questions that I asked Crystal, but I think we'll get some different answers. So, Jacob. Uh, asking, let's flip these uh, in the order that I asked Crystal, But what have been some difficulties, struggles, pains, realities of living life as a single
1: so definitely loneliness I mean I think that's something that most single people and Crystal was talking. I was like yeah I I think most of us can relate to there are points where it's just really really lonely to be single like especially if you don't have a good roommate or like consistent family time if you come home at the end of a long day to an empty apartment and there's nobody there it's just it's not always a fun experience um There's definitely, for me, I'm a super extroverted person, so, like, large large parties don't scare me at all, but if it's at somebody new's house or, like, a weird situation or, like, big, like, family gathering, if I'm the first one to get there and I'm not comfortable with the host, it's really weird to go into somebody's house, like, completely alone and just hope that, like, they're cool and that you mesh and don't have, like, weird, awkward conversations, so there have been points where like I will sit in my car I'm like chronically early too so like there will be points that like I sit in my car for 10-15 minutes waiting for somebody else to show up so I don't have to walk into somebody's house alone um, which is a mental thing for me that you know might need to just get over but it can be really hard um, like Nathan said when Ed Shaw and Sam Alberry talk about kitchen floor moments mine are usually bedroom corner moments where I just melt into my moon chair and just kind of fall apart uh and they're usually after being in really great deep community with somebody and then going home and being alone and realizing I'm in an empty space by myself um and everybody that I was just with is probably not um and just feeling kind of overwhelmed with the silence I don't do well with silence that's not a thing that I thrive on um and also just like, there can be a deep headache when coming back from school in Missouri, this is definitely something that I experienced a lot, uh, the first question out of people's mouths, so are you seeing anybody yet? Hi, I've been gone for six months, I've learned a lot of really cool things, I really don't want the first thing somebody asked me to be, are you dating anybody, are you talking to anybody? Not because I don't want people to care about that, but because I think if you're truly trying to lean into and embrace godly long-term celibacy and singleness it kind of hurts and resets that mentality if the whole world around you even unintentionally is just like constantly pushing you towards marriage
0: uh what have been some blessings and or the ways in which you have tried to steward your gift of singleness
1: So as hard as it can be to be single, there's a lot of better things. So don't just hear me talk negatively and be like, man, he hates being single. I really love being single nine out of 10 times Um, because there's a lot of benefits. I have a lot of mobility. If somebody just texts me and says, hey, I'm having a rough day, I need to get coffee. Like, I don't have to worry about after work, like I've got to go home and like take care of kids. There's a wife, there's all this sort of stuff. I can just be like, sure. I meet you at Flying Star, whatever works for you. There's a lot of flexibility and mobility that comes in. The only calendar that I have to balance is my calendar. Um, And there's a lot of freedom in not having to necessarily be in the same place for dinner every night. Um, Because if you're eating dinner by yourself in front of the TV really starts to get monotonous and suck after a while. So like if somebody's just like, hey, you wanna come over for dinner? I don't have to worry about, well shoot, I've got all of this food prepared for a whole family. I can just be like, I'm going to leave that in the fridge. And I'm going to fix that another night. The ramen will wait. Um, while you may not have your own kids, at least for me, and hopefully the the kids that I am have in mind thinking this aren't like, oh gosh, he's terrible. But, like, I get to be the fun uncle for a lot of kids. Uh, and I think they enjoy it. If you don't and you're on Zoom or you're in here, maybe let me know. <laughs> uh, but, like, just getting to, like, do, like, fun parts of life with kids. Like, getting to babysit people's kids and say you guys go take a break i don't get kids all the time i love working with kids what i want to do with physical therapy is pediatrics um so like having that opportunity to spend time with and disciple younger kids um you know i think all of us can attest to You need to hear the same advice from your parents from somebody else. I don't know why that is. Our parents are all usually, for the most part, really smart. But sometimes hearing the exact same thing you hear from your parents coming from somebody else actually makes it click. Um, So hopefully that's something that I actually get to do with kids of families in Christchurch. And just having a lot of free time to serve in the church. I don't have to rush home after church. I usually am one of the last people here, and that's kind of just there again because... I'm a crazy extrovert, and I don't mind just talking with everybody, but not having to constantly rush home to take care of things or a family at home uh, is a huge benefit to being single. Great.
0: Uh, In what ways has the church encouraged you in your singleness?
1: Definitely Christchurch does a— lots of families in Christchurch do a really good job of— just letting the single people be single, uh, and inviting us into your home, inviting me into your homes, uh, just saying, Hey, come over for dinner. Or we're going to do this weird random, we're going to, we're going to a United game. Don't you remember it, Miss? when we could go to United games? Uh, but just say, Hey, tag along with us. Um, there, I think, There can be a mentality of, you know, when families or couples do things like it has to be a little more ostentatious sometimes. I'm willing to bet that for most of the single people, definitely for me, the less ostentatious, the better. Like, if you just invite me over to your house for a low-key if you say, hey, can you come over for dinner? And I get to say, great, can I make your family dinner so that I can make life easier for you? Uh, that's another thing that Sam Albury talks about in Seven Myths of Singleness is he's more familiar with a lot of his f- family, friends' kitchens than he is with his own because he gets to go over and make dinner for them all the time. Because it's easier for me as a single guy to just show up and say, I know where all this stuff is in your kitchen. Let me just make you dinner here. Uh, it doesn't have to be this big party with all of these events and games and a schedule like just let your single friends do life with you that's so so important um i feel like i get lots of prayer and encouragement from friends of realizing that for the time being i'm pursuing long-term singleness and they're okay with that and they are willing to have hard conversations with me about that um and giving me space to feel like i don't have to be attached to another person Uh, A lot of times when I go over to people's houses for dinner, if they know me really, really well, they will wait for me to bring up if there's somebody that I'm interested in dating or they just won't bring it up at all because they know that there are other things that are more important to me and I don't want to feel like I have to be attached to another person to have meaning. Um, And this one is very specific to me, but there are a lot of families in our church who, since I am someone that struggles with same-sex attraction, walk with me really well through that. They let me have those moments where I just need to fall apart and talk to somebody or just to be an encouragement of this is a thing that you can struggle with and you can do it in a way that honors the Lord. Um, there's, there's a lot of people at Christchurch that do that really, really well. Uh, and shameless plug, the next book club book is going to be Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. That'll be... Do we have a date, Clint? Like, later in the fall. Uh, And there is also a group of us that meet with Clint and Joanna um, that struggle with same-sex attraction that have found it really helpful and beneficial to, once a year, a couple times a year, sit down and be a little more open and have a space where we can more... We can discuss that in a more conducive environment sometimes. So, shameless plugs for that.
0: What do you wish married folks in our church would know or even do better?
1: (sighs) Definitely don't have the first question that you ask somebody be, are you dating anybody or are you seeing anybody? That's just miserable. Like, if I could walk around and (laughs) lovingly deck anybody that did that, I probably would, because it gets exhausting. Uh, trust that if your close single friends are seeing somebody, they'll tell you, we, we probably won't hide it from you. Um, but also there, there are some people for sure that i have deep enough relationship with that can ask me that. And I know it's coming from a place of like, they genuinely want to know, and they're not just trying to find a way to start a conversation because they can't ask, how are your kids doing? How is your marriage it's are you dating anybody and that's not that doesn't have to because be Because
0: so many people have pointed out that behind that kind of implied in that question is hey you're still kind of broken and not whole right. Any chance of you becoming whole right yeah right and i feel like
1: i i can be very whole in christ yep. without another person Um, so trust the single people close to your life to let you know how they're doing, if they're wanting to pursue dating or if they're not wanting to pursue dating. Um, and know that if we reach out to you and ask for your input and advice, it's because we really, really value your input and your advice. You're somebody that we want in our corner to help us pursue that. Um... Also, like, your single friends don't need to come over to be entertained. I'm living with the Shermans right now, and trust me, it's way more than enough entertainment to just, like, watch the kids. Like, it's a blast. <laughs> um, and this was something that was really surprising for one of my friends after uh, he got married, and I one, one week when I came back into town, I was like, can I get dinner with you and your wife? And she was like... You you want to get dinner with both of us it's like yes, because single people want to have married people friends there's so much less pressure to be on all the time when you 're hanging out with all married people. I prefer hanging out with married people, um, but especially for like me and my close friends, like I want to get to know their wives and girlfriends because they 're important to me and because those friendships are important and their marriages and relationships are important to them. I want them to be important to me. Uh, and I think that's like the main thing. Oh, um, and this is, this is really, really important. When your single friends tell you, I may be called to a life of long-term singleness, don't react with shock or confusion or disgust or, oh my gosh, are you sure? That's so mentally damaging. When I end up in the bedroom corner in the moon chair under a weighted blanket, a lot of times it's because somebody acted with disgust when I said, I think I may be single and not be having kids. Uh, Which for me, I love kids. I would love to have my own kids someday. But if that's not what God has in mind for me, great, I'm good with that. But it's so damaging to your mentality when somebody says, oh, but like, you would be such a great husband. You would be such a great dad. I can be a great single person too. Thank you very much. Um, So, but that's, I think that's something that's really, really key is learning to say, okay, that's great. Like, do you want to talk more about that?
0: Great. Thanks, man. Cool. Thanks, Nathan. Well, all right. Uh, Related to all of that, uh, just thinking about now the family of God, I, w- I was recently listening to a sociologist who mainly studies and writes on marriage and family and sexuality and he thinks that in 50 to 100 years marriage is largely going to be something that the religiously conservative people do. So marriage is going to be a century from now something that Christians and Mormons and Muslims and Jewish folks still do, some vestige of our religious past. Um, And while understandings and expectations of family, of procreation, of committedness, are sadly becoming more and more a thing of the past, like, I mean, just think about how many friends, neighbors, coworkers you have uh, that either live with a partner or have no desire to live with a partner. Uh, Maybe this is even you. now, I'm not about to go into the reasons why committedness is actually better for you and your personal happiness, better for your partner, better for p- potential future children and society, even ignoring the Bible. Uh, marriage is better for co-ha- than cohabitation in so many different sociological reasons that studies make pretty clear. But while expectations of marriage are, in our larger culture, becoming a thing of the past, Marriage is still very much an expectation within evangelical Christian circles like ours. So, just like Jacob has just shared, um, and I'm sure many of you have shared perhaps with your parents, your not having children is perhaps a hurt in reality for your parents, and now they've just lost grandchildren or something like this. It, it Just as... We expect to get married and have kids. We expect our children to get married and have kids. And then live the rest of our retirement years with our doting grandchildren all over our knees. Right? Um, And so, uh, but here's the thing. I don't want to, again, disparage that. This is a good thing. Right? Children and grandchildren are good for our churches, are good for society. Uh, They're good for us. And yet... Um, well, thankfully, I'm, I, I think our church has done a better job than many that I've either been part of or know of in essentially like, centering their entire ministry around the cultivation of a family. Uh, e- even some churches like, build this into their entire philosophy of ministry, meaning uh, like they, would, they, they would say on their website, like the subtitle of their church or on their marquee sign in the front, we are a family-integrated church. Meaning they don't see age segregated ministries like children or youth or college ministries in the Bible. So families worship together, they grow together, they remain together within all spheres of life within the church. And while there is so much of that that I resonate with, uh, I wonder how attractive or inviting or uh, preserving of single folks that philosophy of ministry is. philosophy of ministry that centers and revolves around the cultivation of a family. And yet, while I think that we perhaps are thinking about singleness as a church better than some, we still have a long way to go. A really, really, really long way to go. As many have pointed out, it seems like many, if not most, Christian high schoolers go off to college in order to find a spouse. Or at least to make themselves marketable in order to, after college, find a spouse. The trend line for a Christian is to get married and then get a job in one order or the other. To then start making money. To then eventually start having kids. And then raise the drawbridge. So Ed Shaw says that husband and wives, they rightly, concerned about marital breakdown, they make it a priority to have a weekly date night. Understandably wanting the best for their children, they rest around most evenings and weekends, carting Hosea and Obadiah between after-school clubs, music lessons, math tutors, soccer matches, and parties. They're so busy keeping their own family going that they don't really have time to interact with others, unless perhaps they have children who will play well with their own. So if you have a family, you can reasonably feel you have time for no one else. But that can mean that unless you have a family, you feel you have no one at all. And that doesn't make the single life feel plausible to anyone. This is not the picture of family and of familial intimacy that is presented in the New Testament church. I think we kind of talk about the church like it's family. As if it were family. Like we should treat that guy well because he kind of shares some similarities with the relationship that I have with my brother. So... I'll call him brother, or she's kind of like my sister. But the biblical authors don't use this language to get you to pretend, to trick yourself into caring for someone uh, more intently by pretending like they are your brother or sister. The family, or one of Paul's favorite phrases, the household of God, is a family. It is not like a family. It is a family. Sharing familial life under the common fatherhood of God. With all of the rights and the inheritance earned by us by our righteous older brother Jesus, God the Son. And united together in spirit and in the love of God by God the Spirit. And so married folks, this means that some of our golden calves might need melting. That means that perhaps Since you very likely have more spots around the dinner table, more spots around the game table, more spots on the couch for movie night, fill them. The family of God finding more and more seamless overlap within biological families just because we are the family. Maybe holidays and even vacations, extending out to others as well, looking for more and more ways to overlap And extend and this is not just because we want single folks to feel less lonely this is because married folks need single folks our kids need you like Jacob and Crystal have already said in many ways they are your kids too my children are your children Paul never had any biological children but he calls Timothy his true son Sam Albury is an Anglican, so there's some different cultural expectations. But I love how he is trying to revive and redeem the role of being a godfather to a couple of his dear friend's kids. Uh, Jacob already made mention of this, of just like how, I think we all know this to be true experientially, just uh, that kids can hear the exact same thing from someone else and just, now, this guy just said something brilliant. I'm like, yeah, I know, I've been saying the same thing for the last decade. But, uh, quoting Ray Ortlund, Sam Albury says that every family is weird in its own way, (laughs) and it's really true. Uh, We all have our weirdness, uh, and perhaps the things that uh, I'm telling my kids actually uh, are helpful in many ways, and then there's just some unhelpfulness. But perhaps Jacob can say in a way that is actually more helpful than what I'm saying. Now our kids need different voices of spiritual discipleship apart from their parents. Not instead of, but in addition to. Like, I love that our kids are getting to spend more and more daily time with Jacob now. How great would it be if every new baby that was born into the life of our church had a single guy or a single gal come alongside the new parents and say, I will commit to walking alongside you for the course of this child's life. I will commit to walking alongside you in the spiritual formation of this child. I'm in. Like, I'll be around. I'll be around to, to read the Storybook Bible and the stories. I'll be around to supplementally have the awkward teen conversations. I'll be around when they are seven or 12 or 17 to encourage them towards honoring you as their right authority. I'll be around and ready with available phone calls during their college years. I'm in for their life. And I mean, seriously, like what dude among us hasn't actually wanted to be a godfather? Uh, We don't have to... Like have the ring or something, but uh, I wouldn't want to be the the fairy godmother. Uh, I don't think we need to call it that. There's some weird cultural baggage that comes along with that. But how great for some who never marry. That might mean, that kind of ministry might mean that they might fill up entire weeks with children, with teenagers, with 20-somethings, with many, many more kids and spiritual grandkids than we have as biological mothers and fathers. For some of you, that might mean that you have these spiritual sons and granddaughters or whatever else, in addition to the one day, the kids that you have of your own biologically. But there is overlap and extension within our body, within the family of God. We actually do want to be, be and become even more a family-integrated church, but not limited to with drawbridges up. Biological nuclear families. But even aside from talking about family life, we've done ourselves an enormous disservice by assuming that a lack of sexual intimacy means a lack of intimacy. The lost art of friendship is a just unbelievably discouraging reality in today's wider uh, secular and evangelical culture. In the same way, That some folks can have lots of sex and no intimacy. It is equally possible to have lots of intimacy and no sex. And I'm not talking about like cuddling on a couch or something. But in genuine care, in genuine love, time spent, knowledge of others, of knowing and being known. It's not a mistake that the Hebrew word for sexual intimacy is the same word for knowledge. I I think we think it's just kind of like a euphemism. That some ancients used. And now Adam knew Eve, right? Because they were too too prudish to say what they were really trying to say. No, they were saying what they were saying. There's something deeply theological there. Sex becomes a means to an end of intimacy. But sex is not the only means to intimacy. And we hardly have a category for that kind of friendship. When we read of David and Jonathan's friendship, C.S. Lewis is totally right. Right? That we, as 21st century Westerners, just assume that there must be some funny business going on there. There is something sexual going on there with David and Jonathan because we do not have the foggiest category for the kind of friendship that David and Jonathan have. In which David could possibly mean that the love that he and Jonathan share surpassed that that he enjoys with women. without any doubt, David is not saying that he prefers the sexual intimacy that he shares with Jonathan more than he shares with women. But there is something even more deeply connected in their friendship of mutual care, of knowledge, of sacrifice that he even experiences with another woman. But we will not experience this behind raised drawbridges. Now, maybe or maybe... Not Maybe we will, maybe we won't ever experience that kind of David and Jonathan level of intimate friendship. And in fact, since the story of David prepares us and points us for the coming or his coming greater son, the Lord Jesus, maybe David and Jonathan actually has more to do with a deep and abiding intimacy with the royal king, David's greater son. But the point still remains that just because sex isn't present doesn't mean that intimacy isn't possible. Sam Albury says, "For those of us who remain single, we might not experience the unique depth of intimacy with one person that a married friend might, but we can enjoy a unique breadth of intimacy with a number of close friends that comes from having greater opportunity and capacity than married people typically have to invest in close friendships." Now, I'm not trying to say, again, be grateful for what you have, but I just don't have the time to to cultivate and foster deep deep intimacy with more than like one or two people. But people who are not married, people who do not have children, have the unique opportunity for the breadth to try to and move toward that kind of cultivation. And again, not to count your, this is not a count your blessings admonition, but to use your singleness to actually steward it as a gift, to pursue deep Christian friendship, intimacy, not assuming that uh, all intimacy is impossible that kind of intimacy is different than marital intimacy but it is still intimacy all the same intimacy in the family of god is within, is totally within the realm of possibility and i man i totally get and empathize with jacob having deep friendships and then coming home to an empty house. But it doesn't mean that intimacy is still impossible. Sex does not guarantee intimacy, and the lack of sex does not guarantee unintimacy. Now, we have not solved all of our problems here this morning. This definitely, these three hours or so were not some like immunization or vaccine to like, ensure that there are never going to be any more kitchen floor moments. There will be many. Singleness, marriage, sexuality, family, these are all conversations to keep having with one another until we bury one another. No human, no experience, no level of intimacy can bear the weight that we keep trying to pile on the shoulders of these things, and yet we keep trying. And so we're going to need to keep... Married and single folks alike we need to keep pointing all of us back to the sufficiency of Christ to actually bear the weight. I'm trying to figure out how to close this thing, and I didn't know how to do it last night, and I don't know how to do it this morning. Uh, I'm just going to read one more quote from Paige Brown, and then I'm going to pray for us. And then uh, I don't have anything pithy. I don't have the the immunization uh, that fixes all of these things. Hopefully what we've done though is to give some better categories of thinking and to have better categories of ongoing conversations to have amongst ourselves. With as single folks, as married folks, as married to single folks, and as single to married folks. But Paige Brown says this, I want to be married. I pray to that end every day. I may meet someone and walk down the aisle I may meet someone and walk down the aisle in the next couple of years because God is so good to me. I may never have another date because God is so good to me." I really hope um, that all of us, in whatever circumstance we find ourselves, can actually believe that to be true. Uh, Singleness is not a special calling. It does not require supernatural power. But contentment in Christ requires supernatural power, and yet he is good to provide it, and his grace is sufficient for all of us. So let's, let's pray towards that end. Our Father, we are thankful that we do all belong to you as Father, as your daughters and sons, through our faith in our older brother Jesus, and through your uniting spirit. Now we pray that you would help us to grow as your family, help us to think of others, care for others, to consider others to be more important than ourselves. Reorient our hopes and desires. Reorient our expectations for uh, marriage and for what marriage is. Help us as married people to use our marriage, to use our sexuality, to um, point towards a greater fulfillment that comes in Christ. Help those of us who are Single and celibate today, perhaps for many years, perhaps for their entire life, to use their singleness, to use their sexuality, to use their celibacy, to point toward a greater fulfillment that comes in Christ. Help us to mutually encourage one another. Help us to care for one another. Help us, we pray, to become even more the family of God that you have created us as and to be and we pray for all these things in christ's name amen thanks for being here everybody uh i hope it was helpful uh again this is not the final word on this this is hopefully a conversation starter so let's keep having them uh over lunch today uh in our gc's for the rest of our lives together as long as we're members of the same church it's good to see you uh have a great weekend